When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. We call our Friday edition the tailgate. My name is Chris Plank. Thanks for listening. Hey, we're giving you a lot of content here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Uh, Every single Tuesday, Toby and I sit down to recap not only the game, but also the press conference. And then you hear the press conference on our Tuesday show we call The Game Plan. On Wednesdays, we bring you the coaches show from Rudy's. On Thursdays, Jessica Cootie and I sit down to take you behind the scenes of her feature from that week. And of course, on Fridays, you get the tailgate and the audio version of Coach's Corner from the night before. Also, we've added something special today. You will get the first listen to the scene setter as a subscriber to the Sooner Sports Podcast. And tell a friend, we are also bringing you the radio post-game show to our podcast platform. So if you're a Sooner fan, obviously you are if you're listening to this. This is the place for you, the Sooner Sports Podcast. On today's show, we will hear from the play-by-play voice of UCLA, Josh Lewin. We'll hear from, I guess I can say, UCLA super fan, ESPN producer Greg Bergman, one of my former co-workers at Fox Sports Radio. Bergie's big time out there at ESPN in Los Angeles now. Plus, you'll hear from Bobby Evans Jr. We'll have a little bit from Trey Norwood and Grant Calcaterra coming up on the Sooner Sports Podcast. And as always, we wrap things up by hearing from Producer Jacob Potter, I guess you can almost call it Potter's Podcast to wrap things up as he gets us ready for the start of game day 
on Sooner Sports TV with Chad McKee, Gabe Eichard, Teddy Lehman, and Jessica Cootie. We'll get the lowdown on some of the storylines they'll be talking about come tomorrow morning. But again, high noon. We'll be on the air on the Sooner Radio Network at 10 a.m. along with Rufus Alexander. I'll take you through that first hour live from FanFest. And then the whole crew is back for hour two of the pregame show on what we think is going to be incredibly Pleasant weather if the rain stays away. Temperatures are projected to be in the 70s. A nice break from what we had last week with the searing heat. But it's been a wild week for weather here in the state of Oklahoma, specifically in the Norman OKC area. More rain than they've ever had in this early part of September. So the field has held up well. In fact, Michael Dean and I were out running tests on Wednesday right before the storm started pouring down and the field looks amazing. We'll try to cross paths with Jeff Salmon before kickoff tomorrow just to get a double check on that. But thankfully, it looks as if as we tape this, the rains are going to stay away before kickoff and we'll have an incredibly pleasant Saturday afternoon for the fifth meeting in the history of Oklahoma and UCLA Sooners 3-1 and one in the previous four meetings. And of course, the last time UCLA came to Norman, Antonio Perkins made history three punt returns for a touchdown. But our focus is on Saturday, so let's get after it, shall we? Let's cross enemy lines as we'll kick things off with the voices, dueling voices, if you will. Toby Rowland caught up with the incredibly busy play-by-play voice of the UCLA Bruins, Josh Lewin, to get a little scoop on just how crazy the travel schedule will be for not only the voice of the Bruins, but also the voice of the New York Mets. Josh, uh, tell folks your schedule this week on on through the weekend. Hey, Tony, great to talk to you, buddy. And it's not that big a deal. I'm already up rolling around. I'm on my way to go get myself a donut out of here this morning. So I'm, I'm up and around out here. And uh, it's not that bad. I come in. I'm actually going to fly in uh, from the West Coast where the Mets have been to to Dallas, where my son still is. He goes to to UNT. So I'm going to spend a little time with him on Friday. Is that tomorrow? Yeah, Friday. And uh, drive up to to Norman late Friday night. And we'll do the game on Saturday. And uh, hopefully, God willing, make a flight uh, through Chicago back to New York and do the Mets game on Sunday. And that's... uh, that's how you pay the bills. That's good. I was afraid you might try to catch the game on uh, on Friday night in New York before coming here, so that's good. I, at least you get yeah. a little bit of downtime. Well, um, let's talk some football then. What were your impressions of the opener for UCLA? Terrible. Uh, it went absolutely terrible. Uh, you know, they, they played a whole lot of, of true freshmen, and it showed. And I think there's a lot of talent and obviously still a lot of excitement because of Chip Kelly, but it, it just – kind of goes to remind you and show you that you can't just game plan something you have to actually execute it too and there were a lot of self-inflicted wounds and i guess that's to be expected you got your your opening night jitters and you got a lot of freshmen out there they just made too many mistakes and cincinnati's okay they're you know they're, they're not great but they're you know kind of a they could be a bottom 25 team you know kind of like a top 30 team they're not terrible but uh you know not a good showing for ucla at all is your hunch that we'll see uh, Wilton Spate or Thompson Robinson? Well, we're still waiting to see exactly how Wilton Spate uh, comes out of things this week. He took a pretty good shot in that game. And, uh, you know, remember he had, at Michigan, uh, you know, the, the back was the whole situation. He got shut down, so they're being very careful with him. Uh, the young quarterback, Dorian Thompson Robinson, has, has a little Kyler Murray in him. I mean, he's, he's very talented, very shifty, but he's a true freshman. 
and uh, you know, he just there were some plays that were there to be made that he just didn't make, and he he didn't expect to be playing right away like that. I think they figured he'd get in for a series or two, and a very scripted series or two, but uh, to actually get in there and try to engineer a comeback that was a lot to ask. Casimir Allen had a nice game, another uh, freshman for you. Give us uh, give us the guys on on offense and defense that could stand out on Saturday that Sooner fans uh, should be aware of. Yeah, Allen is certainly one of them. And, you know, obviously when Chip Kelly was at Oregon, he had LaMichael James, and, and people remember that. And Allen has that kind of potential. He was a kid that had 72 touchdowns his, his senior year of high school, which is insane. And, uh, you know, he's got blazing speed, the, the, the track champion. He's just a little raw. But if you get him the ball in space, he's, he's incredible. And that's the thing. Can they actually get it to him in space? He's not going to plow his way through anybody. Uh, Bolu Olorun for me is probably that guy who would be the more, you know, kind of the, the classic running back who can actually rip through somebody's tackle. And uh, he just didn't do that, unfortunately, against Cincinnati. But those are probably the, the two guys we'll see in the backfield. Chip Kelly, uh, certainly known as an offensive genius, but also known as a, as a bit hard to get along with at times, especially for the medium. Uh, good friends with one of the Oregon announcers who had some great stories from back in the day, Mike Jorgensen up there, the color analyst. Uh, how has it been for you so far, your interactions with Chip? Yeah, you know what? It helps that he's a baseball fan, so we, you know, we, we've talked Red Sox a little bit. Um, but honestly, you know, I mean, first of all, I'm back and forth coast to coast. I don't get a lot of, of time with him anyway. Um, but he's, as is reported, I mean, he's definitely got a little bit of, uh, if not Belichick in him, I would say Popovich in him is probably the, the closer hmm. comparison. You know, he can just, uh, you know, if he doesn't like a question, he just feels like he doesn't really have to answer it. And uh, that doesn't make him uh, the Grinch or anything like that. It just means he just doesn't have time for you. So um, I, he hasn't been uh, been bad to anybody at all. But, I mean, in terms of doing a sit-down, you know, kind of People Magazine, get-to-know-Chip Kelly thing, that's just not happening. Uh, defensively, schematically, and, and talent-wise, what will we see there? Well, they, they've moved to a 3-4, and they don't really have the, the perfect personnel for it. Um, they, they do have this 380-pound nose tackle who's 17 years old, um, and we'll see how he oh. holds up. His name is Antonio Maffi. And, you know, just in terms of pure size, he can surely get in somebody's way. They've got a very talented edge rusher in Jalen Phillips, um, I think he's going to be a, a really good NFL player someday. He's just a sophomore. They're really weak at linebacker, really weak at inside linebacker. I mean, it's been uh, attrition through injury and uh, some other things that have happened. And there's, you know, that to me is the, the biggest glaring problem is that if you get to that second level, you, you know, you pretty much have another few yards right there for running the ball. So that's definitely something they need to, to fix in a hurry. The, the outside linebackers, I think, are actually very stout. Secondary is very good, um, but that, that inside is kind of mushy. Talking to Josh Lewin, play-by-play voice of the UCLA uh, Bruins, uh, capture the essence of the UCLA football fan base for me, and and especially now, what excitement level is there about kind of Chip Kelly taking over the reins of the program? Well, it, you know, it's interesting out here, and I, I've only been on the job three years. And I'm not from the West Coast. I, you know, I did the, the Chargers games for, for a number of years, so I would kind of go back and forth when I lived in Dallas to do that. So, I, you know, I understand the, the whole West Coast chill 
you know, that vibe. But, you know, the, the thing about UCLA is you're in such a competitive marketplace. I mean, the great thing about about Sooner Nation is that's pretty much, you know, that that's the thing. I mean, if you're not a uh, an Oklahoma State fan, you're an Oklahoma fan. And, you know, obviously you've got the Thunder now, too. But there's not a lot of taffy pull going on here. You know, not a lot of competing attention in L.A., People want to point to the weather first. Oh, you know, you can always just go to the beach. But, you know, you've got USC and you've got the Lakers and you've got the Rams and you've got, uh, you know, the Dodgers in a, in a pennant chase right now. You've got all this other stuff competing for your interest and your dollar. So you really have to come out and, and be something right away. And I've even seen that in basketball. I mean, basketball is a, a 30-win team every year. You know, they're, you know, go to a lot of Sweet 16s, but – it's almost like, ah, you know, call us when you get to a Final Four. And that's kind of where football is. I mean, you've got alumni, obviously, that are very excited about Chip Kelly and very excited about the chance to get back to a major bowl. And I do think that's going to happen within a, a year or two. But on an everyday basis, you know, if you're not an alum, there's just so much else going on in L.A. that, that you know, you really have to do something special to – to make an impact. We'll get back on the UCLA side of things coming up here in just a bit, but let's get you some sooner talk so we don't paint this thing too much in powder blue and gold. I had a chance to catch up with sooner standout cornerback Trey Norwood. Very physical were those corners on Saturday. We talked to Trey as part of the coach's luncheon on Monday and started by asking him whether or not he felt like the D played a little bit more physical and if he was impressed with what he saw from that sooner D upon further review um from what I've seen so far I, I'm very pleased with it you know what I mean but uh, it's just step one it's just a start like it's uh like I like I told you after the game uh, I feel like we have something to prove to ourselves so I mean getting off to a good start like that that's always great and it's a confidence boost booster and it's just something that we have to build off of I mean we can't get complacent we have to you know, put that game behind us now and uh starting today get ready for uh, UCLA Seemed like you guys were a little bit more physical on Saturday. Can you attribute that to anything, or is that just maybe we hadn't seen football in a while and <laughs> we got to see some hit? Um, no, that that is something that we've been harping on from from when the season ended last year. You know what I mean? Coming in, being more physical, and just dominating everybody that, that lines up across from us. So I feel like uh, that's still like our motto. You know what I mean? Come out, play physical, and play hard. I mean, I mean, doing that, I feel like that's going to help out. Someone asked a really good question, the presser, but you guys are used to it. You don't know who's going to start a quarterback for UCLA, but you didn't know with Florida Atlantic either. So it's nothing new for you guys to not know who the starting QB is going to be for the opponent, is it? I mean, it's just like I was telling them, it's just one of those things you have to you have to stay ready. I mean, uh, you have to prepare for uh, each and every quarterback they have on their roster. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure each and every one of them, each and every quarterback is good. So, I mean, going into the game, you just have to be ready wherever they put out there as a starter. Speaking of staying ready, that's pretty much what you did all year last year. So when you got that opportunity, how were you able then to kind of share that with some of the younger guys? And maybe didn't get a chance on Saturday, but hey, you didn't get a chance early last year, and then you were a key cog in a championship team. How do you impart that on the young guys right now? I try to preach to them. I mean, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Um, that, that was always my motto. I mean, you have to go in and practice each and every day and uh, practice as if you, you are the starter for that week because you never know when your opportunity or when your time is going to come. And uh, when the opportunity does come, you, I mean, you just want to make the most out of it because, I mean, it's a, it's a blessing to have the opportunity and just to be out there playing on Saturdays. Overall, how you felt the corners play? You, you had a good game. Parnell had a good game. But it seemed like Trey Brown was very active as well, too. I feel like, I feel like all of us play, played well from uh, myself, uh, Parnell, uh, Trey Brown and uh, Miguel Edwards as well. I mean, I'm pleased with all of us. I mean, I feel like we've been working hard this offseason. I mean, uh, f from 
from winter workouts to, through spring ball, through fall camp. So, um, I mean, not, not just the corners as well. I feel like the safeties, uh, I feel like we've all been working hard as a unit. And that's just, uh, it's just something that we're excited to see plays out in the season because I, like, I feel like we have something to show, show the world this year. Hey, I'll let you go on this. You guys seem like you're having fun on the sidelines. Obviously, it helps when you're winning like this, but this team really seems to have a good camaraderie among it. Uh, I feel like I feel like we're very we're a very close knit group. Uh, not just the defense, not just position groups, but as a whole. I mean, you know, we've been going against each other for for so long, so it's just it's just that energy of uh, coming together as one and finally gets to play play against uh, against somebody else and be together as one. So it's one of those things you 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 want to have fun with it. You know what I mean? Uh, having fun with it makes it makes the game more interesting and more exciting. I think Trey Norwood's a stud. I can't wait to have more opportunities to talk to him. Great start to his career. Speaking of a great start, for the first time, Bobby Evans Jr. started at left tackle as a member of the University of Oklahoma. We asked the Allen, Texas product. Upon further review for him, how he felt about the performance of the offense in game one. Uh, I feel really good about it because, uh, you know, we kind of pretty much played a complete game, you know, defense getting the ball for the offense, offense, you know, scoring and helping out the defense, keeping them off the field, keeping them fresh. And, you know, uh, special teams was a big thing for us this weekend, too. All three facets of the game, you guys were dominant. You made a big shift. You moved from the right side to the left side, uh, still capable of going back if necessary. How did that feel for you? How comfortable? What was the biggest challenge for you? Um, I mean, not a lot of people know this, but Coach B honestly had me in like a three-man rotation my whole time here since I got here. So just going back and forth, it's always been kind of, you know, uh, strange, I would say, but it's, you know, it's doable, so. Well, and Coach B, one of his cool teaching techniques is making sure everyone understands everything. I mean, you basically understand every responsibility. How much did that help you? A lot, because once you understand, um, you know, the how plays work and how they develop and who's supposed to do what, then that'll help your game a whole lot. You know, one thing that hasn't been talked about enough, I think, is the challenge of the elements on Saturday. You guys are used to the heat, but that was quite a challenge. Can you take us through the preparation with the Benny Wiley and Coach T and the nutrition side of things? You guys were ready for that, weren't you? Oh, yeah, because it, it was hot. It was very <laughs> hot. But, uh, you know, Coach Benny, back in July, he had us working out in the heats to kind of get used to games like this. So that was a big help. And Coach T, she's been on us about uh, staying hydrated, and her and the trainers have been doing a good job with that, coming around with water bottles and Gatorades and Gator Lights and things like that. Hey, I, I got to bring it up, though. Your man, Orlando Brown Jr., not only making the Ravens, but probably starting. Have you talked to him, and how excited are you for him? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I've talked to him. I'm really excited for him because, uh, you know, that's my dude. He's <laughs> part of the reason why my game has, um, you know, advanced a little bit because he showed me how to do certain things and how to – look at certain things and understand how why this happens and what's supposed to happen. So yeah, he yeah, that's my that's my dude. And finally it was a bit of a quiet opener for Grant Calcaterra, but upon further review, a team win matters most to the sooner starting tight end. I think we did really well. Um obviously uh there's a lot of uncertainty with the first game, so um to go out there and execute on offense as well as defense, uh, you know, as a team collectively I think we did a really good job and I think we're uh we're happy with our performance, but we're ready to. We got in the film room already yesterday, and uh, we're going to fix our mistakes and get ready for a big game on Saturday. You know, I got to ask. We're talking to Bobby Evans about talking to Orlando Brown Jr. Have you talked to Mark Andrews yeah. since uh, the game yeah. Saturday? I talked to Mark right before the game, and talked to him right after. So, um, just kind of, I'm always talking to him, and <laughs> and so obviously it was my first start, and uh, he was the guy last year, so he was fired up for me, and um, we talked a lot about the game, but. 
also just talking to talk. I mean, we're good friends, and so um, it was nice to hear from him and uh, him giving me some confidence as well. Hey, by the way, not to get too far off kilter, but it looks like he might have a great opportunity. There were some rumors that maybe yeah. he might be dinged up, but now they lose a tight end. He could play a lot this year in Baltimore. Yeah, he could. Um, I haven't talked to him too much about that, but I know obviously Hayden's down with a with a foot injury or something. He had surgery, so uh, you know Mark had a good game in the preseason, and uh, I'm sure he's moving up on the depth chart. I've heard he's done really. Tight ends well. looking out for each other. So let's ask about Lee Morris. He had no choice but to catch that pass from Kyler, right? It was yeah, stuck yeah. in his face mask. Yeah, I know. Hit him. I don't know if it hit him in the face, but it was right there. He claimed he caught it with his hands. I still don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I'm not sure, but yeah, it was a great play. Um, like I said earlier, um, I saw him catch the ball, and I was like, oh, it should be like, you know, 10, 10 yard gain, broke a tackle, broke another one, and took off. So I was, uh, I was shocked. It was a great play by, uh, great play by Lee. You guys take a lot of pride. Obviously, a different role for you on, on the line sometimes blocking, but down the field blocking, it really seemed like the outside receivers were on their game Saturday. Was that a point to work on this offseason? Yeah, in camp, um, and especially leading up this week, uh, blocking on the perimeter was really important. And uh, I think overall, we did a really good job. Um, it's something we need to continue to do. Um, if we want to win some more games this year. You got some familiarity with this UCLA team, right? Some guys you played against, maybe even played with on this team? Yeah. Um, there's a, one of the they're starting D linemen I played with him in high school. Um, he's a really good player. And then um, there's a bunch of other guys. I was watching their, obviously, their defensive tape today. And so there's a lot of guys that I recognize, a lot of guys I played against, uh, a lot of guys in the area that I know of. So uh, it's, I'm really excited to go out there and play those guys. I know it's a lot of fun whenever you're winning like you did on Saturday, but last thought, this team really seems to have a good camaraderie. Fans were kind of freaking out when you lose Baker and you yeah. lose that energy, but this team had a great energy on Saturday. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, we obviously knew a lot of those guys were going to be gone, and we were kind of trying to find ourselves, find out who we are for the last uh, almost 10 months. So um, I think it's something that we're really, we're really proud of. We're really happy with our unit, our guys. So... Um, we're ready to get this thing rolling and see what we can do as a team. Good stuff from those three Sooners, Trey Norwood, Bobby Evans Jr., and Grant Calcaterra. All right, let's jump back to the Bruins for a bit here on the tailgate on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Uh, one of my favorite guys to talk Bruin football with, Bruin basketball, and really L.A. sports is Greg Bergman. He's an executive producer out in ESPN, out in Los Angeles, ESPN 710. Used to work with me at Fox Sports Radio. And as I mentioned, diehard, tried and true to UCLA fan, covers the team closely. So, Bergie, before we get after it, uh, in talking too in-depth about this matchup on Saturday, I got to know what the vibe is like with Chip Kelly taking over. Obviously, it's a very busy sports town. What's the excitement like for the Chip Kelly era, and how much of a hit did it take with a tough loss to Cincy? Well, there was a lot of buzz, especially amongst UCLA fans. There was a lot of buzz, like, oh, it's the Chip Kelly era. Everyone's really excited. But you kind of have to – you knew what what you were getting yourself into because there's this – the cupboard was left bare from Jim Mora. There really wasn't a lot there. And you really haven't gotten into the Chip Kelly guys. You know how he is. Yep. He wants to bring in his – the little – quick scat back type backs and, you know, have a good running quarterback. Well, that was at least in the, in the college game, in the program. He liked, he liked the more of the Wilton Spate type guy was the starter against Cincinnati. When Wilton Spate went out, they had to go to Dorian Thompson Robinson, who was a true freshman as, and really had only been with the program for three, four weeks. I mean, you really can't expect too much out of the guy. You dig him, though, don't you? Uh, in fact, I was trying to read up as much as I could on DTR. He's kind of the future. Well, I shouldn't say kind of. 
the I know the OU coaches dig him, but maybe that's the future. For now, it appears as if he needs a little time. Is that fair? Yeah, it's absolutely fair. Uh, yeah, he does need a little time, but he's going. He will be the future. This guy is a you know he's a big time prospect. Um, he was he's got good legs. He's got a he has a good strong arm. He's got everything that a Chip Kelly college offense wants. Um, I think that. You know, you saw a little bit of flashes from him. You could see that he had a little bit of arm strength, but he just was off on his passes. They would either be too high or he would throw it into the dirt. And then he also didn't really get a lot of help from his receivers too much where guys were just dropping passes. There was a pass from from one of their uh, uh, receivers, Christian Pabico, on a first down play, drops the pass. Hmm. would have kept the game going. They could have easily, you know, moved that ball down the field. You didn't really get to see his legs in that game. I think... There was packages for him that he was pro- he was supposed to play in the game in certain packages, and when you get brought in to be the starter uh, right after Wilton Spate goes down, the packages kind of change, and he never really is really to show off his legs. I think you'll be able to see his legs a little bit more in this game against OU. I think you feel this. I think I feel this too. He's even though it's a tough environment and it's on the road, he's probably in line to make his first collegiate start Saturday, right? No, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think so, too. Absolutely. I think so, too. Hey, Casimir Allen was a guy that wasn't necessarily on the depth chart, but, boy, he turned a lot of heads. And when I say on the depth chart, I mean at the top of the running back depth chart. Where'd this guy come from, and how impressed were you by him? He has so much speed. This You don't really see, over the last few years, you haven't seen a lot of breakaway speed from a lot of the uh, UCLA running backs. So Coach Amabo has doesn't have that breakaway speed. Um, even Jonathan Franklin, a few years ago, you know, he was the mayor and he didn't, he didn't have, he was quick, but he didn't have that breakaway speed where he would get caught from behind. It seemed like a lot of UCLA running backs could get caught. And Casimir Allen, once he turns on the Jets, this dude is gone. Um, I, I mean, he is a he is a collegiate. He's a sprinter. He has this. He's going to be that type where he finds a little bit of open space. You're not getting. So he came at. He was cut. He was supposed to be about third or fourth on the depth chart, but because um, Toto Jamaba was out because of suspension, Bolu Olorun Funmi really wasn't playing too well wasn't getting a lot and they were supposed to start another guy josh kelly who was um a transfer from um from community college and he got some plays in but um, casimir was the guy that you wanted to see we just didn't get as much as he's gonna get more as time goes on because he's still young also you know jim moore jr did not do a good job recruiting oh be careful be careful be Uh, careful he is not jim moore jr jim l mora that's right i forgot about that okay jim l mora did not do a good job, as you brought up, leaving the cupboards stocked by any stretch of the imagination. But in our coach's show today, Kerry uh, Cook said this is going to be one of the most impressive teams we see coming off the bus. In other words, from an athletic per- perspective, from an athlete's, they still have that, don't they, do you think, Greg? And they're, they're building it, too? I think they have the athletes, but you know, there's there's a lot of things that are changing in this offense, or even in the in a defense too. The whole thing is changing because now you're having, um, so they're moving away. Their offense, you're seeing a lot of under center, you're seeing pistol, you're seeing shotgun, you're seeing everything, and they're kind of changing that around, and you're seeing a little bit more um, of misdirection, but not too much. It seemed very vanilla for a lot of that game. I don't know if it was just because they were trying to keep DTR comfortable right but uh, you saw it was a very vanilla office and they're they were best out of the shotgun not so much out of the under center but and then you know on your defensive end too 
they went they went from a four three to a three four. So you're not only changing your whole offensive approach, you're changing your entire defensive approach at the same time. They have a lot of good, strong, big athletes, but a lot of them are were brought in for that four three. So they're having to completely change up the the style of play. And what it's just whether or not each this defense has the athletes for the three four. Although the defense did look pretty good for the most part, except for the second quarter. Jalen Phillips is a stud. That six, oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. 6'5", 245-pound outside linebacker. So the, a couple fairly generic questions then. Greg, where do you see the strength of this UCLA team heading into Saturday? Oof, the strength, I think you're going to see it probably in the linebackers because you do, like you said, Jalen Phillips and Kaisen, Kaisen Lush yourself is also a really good back to he's going to be playing in the middle linebacker. I think that'll hopefully be it because the defense does look pretty good. I think where they're going to have the most trouble, if you want to get into that, the most trouble you you're go. going to see is um, Murray is going to be is he because he runs, right? Oh, yeah. Kyler can run. Yeah. yeah. The UCLA defense does not ever play well against a running quarterback so you're gonna see murray just he's gonna he's gonna have a lot of yardage on his feet and he's gonna have it through the um, through the air too so it's gonna be the biggest strength their offensive line isn't all that great um you're you have but ucla is the youngest or the second youngest team in all of college football so hopefully dtr takes a step up and that's your strength but I, I don't know. I think that the linebackers is where I would go. How has Chip Kelly been to deal with for the local media? What's that, what's that been like, a guy that obviously things didn't go the way he wanted to in the, in, in the show, if you will, in both San Francisco and Philadelphia, but he's never really been an overly personable guy, but how's it been so far, Greg, with the L.A. media? That's basically the same. He's not. Gotcha. He is Chip Kelly. He is who he is. You know, he completely. I mean, this is big boy football that he's trying to bring into UCLA, where he blocked every practice. Nobody was. A, there was no media allowed after the first ten minutes of practice. No media was allowed anywhere near it. They were. There was. Like, you couldn't even go to the parking structure on the roof to look wow. down onto the onto the field. They are being very secretive. He doesn't care. Chip Kelly is Chip Kelly, and he just wants to make sure that he is strictly with his team. By the way, if you're a Dodger fan, Greg Bergman is a great follow at Bergman Greg. Diehard, I almost said diehard Sooner fan. Diehard UCLA fan, diehard Dodger guy, spitting a little info for us to get ready for the Sooners and the Bruins. All right, we wrap things up today by getting you set for what you can see on the TV side come Saturday, like Potter's podcast. Executive producer for Sooner Game Day, Jacob Potter, checks in with what we can expect and the storylines they'll be following with Chad, Gabe, Teddy, and Jess. Got another great show planned for everyone this Saturday on Fox Sports Oklahoma. Here are some of the things we're going to be discussing with the guys. First, UCLA's offense. High expectations for the Bruins with Chip Kelly at the helmet, but it's been a minute since they've thrown a touchdown pass. In fact, six straight quarters without a pass through the air for the Bruins. And with 11 straight losses away from home, UCLA could be in for a long day. Now, Chad is high on tight end Caleb Wilson, but we'll also hear what other weapons that Teddy and Gabe have seen on the UCLA film. And of course, this is only the fifth meeting between the two programs, but there are some interesting connections. Everyone's talked about Antonio Perkins. Some have mentioned Troy Aikman, maybe the best player ever at UCLA who started his career at OU. But did you know that our very own Cale Gundy wanted to go to UCLA? 
The LA Times, back in 1992, there's an article you can look up. It says that Kale wanted to go to UCLA, but the Bruins were full on scholarships. Now, I don't know about you, Chris, but how different would this Oklahoma program look without Kale Gundy? Well, that'll do it. Fingers crossed we won't need our rain gear, but probably even happier that we... We won't be chugging water incessantly because of the incredible heat. It is shaping up to be a gorgeous Saturday if, if the weather can hold off. Until then, hey guys, remember, arrive sooner. That's a brilliant idea with the metal detectors and the clear bag policy. It seemed like things went really smooth on Saturday. Don't take it for granted. Get there early. You get an extra hour because we don't kick off until noon on Saturday, and it should be fun. And stripe the stadium. Go to Soonersports.com. If you're confused about what section and what color you need to wear, they have a guide right there to help you out. Everyone have a great week, man. Thank you so much for subscribing and listening. We had our biggest week in the history of the Sooner Sports podcast in the last week leading up to the Florida Atlantic game. Let's make it bigger this week and see the Sooners come away with a big W against UCLA. We'll be back with the post-game show after OU-UCLA. Until then, have a great game day and Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the Air. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.